On behalf of RSA and Kerasoft, we would like to welcome you to today's podcast, focusing on why cybersecurity needs diversity, local government challenges and opportunities. Industry leaders will discuss their personal experiences with diversity in the public sector, discuss the immense benefits of a diverse workforce in the cybersecurity industry, as well as offer insights into how the industry can further strengthen their diversity. Uh, my name is Art Thompson. I am the Director of Public Safety IT and Cybersecurity for the City of Detroit and I'm one of the founding members of the coalition. Today's topic is on cybersecurity needs for diversity, local government challenges, and opportunities. Uh, with me today, I have three distinguished panelists to discuss this topic. Uh, today, we want to share with you some insights on how we are all working to continue to promote diversity. Uh, I would like to introduce our panelists. These three um, professionals have graced us with their presence, so thank you guys, first off. Um, but first, Augustine Botang, uh, Information Security Manager with the City of Memphis. If you don't mind introducing yourself, telling us a little bit about what you do. Yeah, sure. Um, thanks, uh, and thanks, RSA, for having us. My name is Augustine uh, Botang for the City of uh, Memphis. Um, I've been doing... Um, cybersecurity for the city of Memphis for close to two years now. Um, uh, before that, I was um, a Linux engineer for the city of Memphis. So I've actually been in the public sector for a while and um, I'm, I'm really excited to share my point of view and my you know, experience with um, diversity um, and uh, inclusion and equity uh, you know, in cybersecurity for the public sector. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, Monserrat Atun, Assistant Solicitor of Muslim and American Lia Liaison uh, for the City of Providence. Hi, thanks, Art. Um, I have been with the City of Providence for about three years, and over the last two years, I've been focusing mostly on our cybersecurity infrastructure. Um, I've been leading the initiative, and while I don't have an official cybersecurity title just yet, it's likely to change in the next two months. Um, it's been a great experience. It's also had its challenges, but I'm really excited about sharing uh, my experience and talking about this in the realm of diversity, equity, and inclusion. So thanks for having me. Thank you very much. Uh, Maria Thompson, Chief Risk and Security Officer with the State of North Carolina. Thanks, Art. Thank you for uh, the opportunity to present today with you and for the other panel members. I think this is an important topic, so I'm really pleased uh, that I've been asked to, to be a part of this. Um, I've been with the state of North Carolina um, going on six and a half years um, in this role. Um, if you think about a security program within a state, um, that's where my office sits. So the Enterprise Security Risk Management Office, uh, we provide governance for the security program for the state. Um, it's been challenging, but very rewarding, and I'm, I'm pleased um, to, again, participate in this panel to share my views on uh, diversity. Awesome. Well, we appreciate everybody for joining us today. Um, to kick it off and really just jump right into it, uh, Augustine, if you don't mind leading us on this, uh, really would love to get an understanding from you on how you define diversity, equity, and inclusion. Sure. Thank you. So, um... From where I came from, right? Um, I'm, I'm from Ghana, West Africa, right? And um, I, when I came to the States, when I relocated to the States, I had to relearn a lot of stuff, right? Because my, the way I grew up, um, my background is different, right? But when I moved to the States, it's 
it's a new environment, it's a way different how uh, everything is done in the States. So I, I have to relearn how to um, deal with diversity, deal with inclusion, you know, because if you know, um, in Africa, we are kind of uh, a little bit traditional when it comes to um, stuff like that, right? So I had to relearn most of the stuff. So when we talk about diversity, right, it's really talking about representation. Uh, you know, it's more of a, um, as somebody would say, a numbers game, where you have to make sure you are, your office or your um, institution represents the people that you're serving, right? So you, you, you create that environment to get everyone that, um, as somebody say, people who look like um, the environment, people who look like where, um, if it's a, it's a state, right? How, how, how is the state represented, right? So it's all about the, the, the uh, representation, you know, um, it, it's age, um, you know, sexual orientation, you know, uh, it goes a long way, right? Disability and all that. So when I talk about diversity, getting everything, everyone that, um, how they see themselves or how they, um, you know, uh, represent themselves, you taking that into consideration when you are, you know, uh, making decisions for your company or for your institution, right? And then, of course, you cannot talk about that without talking about equity, right? So equity is just fairness, actually, right? So um, just being fair, you know, um, creating that environment to treat everybody with that same respect, right? With that same, um, you know, um, respect that they need, right? So and creating that environment to make sure that that environment uh, it's it's feasible for people who to be able to do well, right? So that creating that environment and then inclusion, you know, it's me to me inclusion is is becoming really uh, big and uh, it's it sometimes um, you know sad that in twenty twenty one we still have issues people still have issues when it comes to inclusion, right? So. Who want to talk about inclusion is just you know trying to get the people to feel comfortable treating them you know so that they feel comfortable you know to be themselves in in the working environment or in any any institutional place that they have they have you know found themselves to be making setting down those policies to make people feel that they are as a word said, included, you know, they are part of a family in an environment. So that's what I will define diversity, equity, and inclusion. Great, thank you. Very good points. Uh, Mansred, what are your thoughts on that? So, I mean, I agree with a lot of what Augustine said. I believe that one, just having conversations about this is really important. And I hope that you know, municipalities are having more conversations about this. I find that a lot of times in the private sector, it's happening, and sometimes it's not happening as often in the public sector. Um, so for me, uh, I'm going to start with equity. Uh, I believe that equity is really about fair access to key things. It's not just fairness in itself, but it's being able to say that there's fair access to people, there's fair access to opportunities, there's fair access to resources, there's fair access to um, opportunities to promote promotions, right? So, so I think that fair access is something that um, 
can be challenging for municipalities in the sense that, you know, a lot of times there's a culture that has been in place for years, for generations, right? And it's really difficult to break that culture. Um, so a lot of times you have the same groups of people that have access or know each other or, you know, cultivated these relationships. So they don't think about it, but a lot of times when you have newer people coming in, um, or, or just different types of people coming in, you know, you don't think about how you might treat somebody differently um, because they're 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 not in the same group of people as you. You know what I mean? You don't think about the fact that they don't have access to the same resources that you do, or they don't have access to the same, um, you know, higher level executives as you do. And I think something for me that's really important in terms of equity is recognizing that it's really important to allow people who don't traditionally have access to those types of resources and to those promotions and to those opportunities are given fair access to those things. Um, in terms of diversity, I feel like to me, diversity cannot be separated from culture. Uh, it has to, it means creating a culture where differences are accepted, where differences are valued and where differences are included. Um, and that could be, mean, you know, differences in any kind of way, right? You know, a lot of times it's in reference to gender or race, um, sometimes religion, sometimes it's sexual orientation, but it can be a number of different things. I think diversity is being willing to allow a different perspective to be heard, to be voiced, and to say that, you know, not just um, including you or, or having you at the table simply because you're different, but valuing you because of your differences and knowing that we're, we're going to be better because of the different perspective that you're bringing. Um, so for me, I guess the difference between diversity and inclusion is diversity is sort of the culture and mindset, but inclusion is creating the environment that really fosters the, the, the different included and valued. So it's about being intentional um, and creating space to really um, bring in newer perspectives, different perspectives, instead of just recycling the same perspectives over and over and over again. So, so I would say those are my definitions of diversity, equity, and inclusion. All right. Um, again, Maria, your thoughts on the same question, just kind of defining diversity, equity, and inclusion. So thank you, Art. I, I think Augustine and Montserrat, you definitely hit the nail on the head. I think you've covered so much, and it's hard to follow after all of, all, all of what you've stated. But um, the only thing that I would say that I would add, you know, when you think about the word diverse, you know, it means a lot. It means anything. And, and a lot of times we, we tend to think of diversity in the form of race, gender, you know, sometimes sexual orientation, you know, those types of key things that we see and we're confronted with on, on a daily basis. But there's disabilities, you know, there's other things. And when I think about diversity, I also think of it from a military standpoint, um, because I did 20 years in the Marine Corps. So when I'm looking for um, members to join my IT um, cyber workforce, I look for members that have spent time in the military because I know what their work work ethics are and, you know, and I know what they bring to the table. So those are, you know, things that I look for outside of the, the, the traditional um, diversity when we think about um, DEI cultures. Um, from an equity, uh, again, it's, it's really just it, more so what Monterey said about fairness. Um, it is making sure that we do uh, provide that environment that you know that is offering everyone the same level of support, um, whatever it is, whatever work that's being done, whatever promotions that are being available, 
you know, again, I don't want to be repetitive, but uh, you know, I think my, the, my fellow panelists hit the nail on the head as far as um, equity and, and of course inclusion is everyone comes to play. Everyone has a seat at the table. Everyone has a voice and, and making sure that we have that type of environment that supports that. I appreciate that. That is very insightful. Thank all three of you. Um, Mansuret, if you don't mind, uh, I'll start with you. Kind of what are the tangible recommendations for a cybersecurity leader in state, local, tribal, and territorial uh, organizations that kind of help them not only increase diversity, but also advancing equity and ensuring inclusion within their team uh, or their organization as a whole? I think there's a couple ways to do this. Um, my first recommendation would be to listen. I, I think that um, it's really important to get to know people for who they are. And I, I think when you listen to, who, you know, when people are, are speaking, um, it sounds really simple, but you know, when you learn about who people are, you learn to respect them, you learn to res respect their opinion, um, then you're, you're more able to bring them into the world of cybersecurity. You're more willing to bring them into whatever world, whether it's cybersecurity or another field, um, and respect and value that they have. So I feel like, you know, even though listening is not specific to cybersecurity, it's really important to just be willing to step out of your comfort zone sometimes, talk to people you don't usually talk to, and just be willing to listen to who they are and their perspective. Um, and that, in a sense, allows you to bring them in or, or be more inclusive when it comes time to working together. Um, another thing that I would say is don't take it personal. I think that a lot of times, especially um, when you have, to me, in my experience, I'll just share my own experience. Um, a lot of times when you have maybe an older generation and a younger generation, um, a lot of times when we're, we're when we're trying to have conversations, there's this idea that, oh, you think you know more than I do. You think you know better than I do. Um, and so I'm going to reject what you're saying right off the bat. Um, and a lot of times that's not the case. I remember when I graduated from college, I was so eager to just do stuff, right? I was just like, I just want to do stuff. Like, give me something to do and I just want to do it, you know? Um, and a lot of times when you come up with ideas, I'm, I'm a strategic thinker, right? That's that's sort of my, my wheelhouse. I, strategic thinking, strategic planning, um, I'm always like, well, what about this? What about that? You know, can we problem solve in this way? Have you thought about this? Have you tried that? And a lot of times when you do that, the person that you're speaking with will think that you're trying to challenge them or you're, you're trying to say that what they've been doing doesn't work or didn't work. But sometimes that's not the case. Sometimes you just need to not take it personal. Sometimes they're just offering ideas from their perspective. And sometimes those ideas can really work. Um, so to my last point, um, I think another good recommendation is to be open, be open to those new ideas. You know, it, it may not work, but it may work. It, it may be just the thing that you needed and maybe you didn't know it and you didn't think of it, you know, but allowing those fresh perspectives allows you to be inclusive. It allows you to say, okay, I appreciate different types of thinking, which is, you know, along the lines of diversity. Um, and, and it's sort of like, you know, Sometimes you have to take a backseat and allow another person to leave, but sometimes this is working in conjunction. Maybe you know something that they don't know, you know, and you can work together to resolve an issue. But if you're very quick to sort of brush it off and not listen to what the other person is saying, you know, it makes it difficult to really say that, you know, you're, you're allowing an environment where inclusivity um, or diversity is really respected or allowed. So I would say those three things, listening, 
um, not taking it personal and really just um, being open to new ideas allows one to naturally progress in the areas of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Thank you, thank you. Um, Maria, the same thing, any, any recommendations you have? So um, what I would say is if you're in the state local government um, environment, we have to go into, I would say this to any leader, go into your office space and take a look around. And I think that's the first exercise that you need to do and understand what your landscape looks like. What, what does your workforce look like? Um, if it's not diverse, then you know you have a problem, right? There, that you're missing out potentially on opportunities to learn and to have different thoughts coming to the table. So the approach that I would take um, is more from a hiring standpoint. Um, think about, think outside the box. You know, I like to think of things, put things into the likes and the, or the alikes and the unlikes, right? And so when you think about um, from a state local government, we are, we are challenged from hiring, um, you know, folks into the IT workforce. So we have to think unlike our private sector partners. We have to think about how can we reach those underrepresented uh, under areas in our communities because they're and tap into the workforce there. We have to think about, um, again, from the military standpoint, what bases are close by that we can potentially tap into. I mean, these are resources that we generally uh, would not um, focus on when we're thinking about bringing diversity into our workforce. And so we have to not think alike our private sector partners where we're going out and trying to go into the same talent pool, understanding that we can't afford um, you know, the same types of resources. Uh, and we have to be very creative. And I think when we think you know, unlike our private sector partners, then we will be able to tap into those resources that will bring diversity, that will bring you know, in, and, and, be, and provide an inclusive environment for them. Uh, you know, I think about uh, projects with autism. You know, there's, there's a lot of um, folks out there that are on certain spectrums of autism that are very good and known to be very good at um, cybersecurity. Why are we not looking at those, um, you know, those organizations and those uh, personnel and bringing them into our organization uh, to be part of our workforce? So I think there's a lot of opportunities there um, as SLTT members that we can really broaden in order for us to build a more, you know, diverse, inclusive and provide that equity across the board for our workforce. Thank you, I appreciate that. Um, Augustine, I'm gonna give you the tough chance, uh, opportunity to follow up with your panelists. <laughs> I'll try. <laughs> so um, I think a lot have been said about it, right? And um, I really liked what um, Monsworth said about listening to experiences. You know, um, people come from a lot of um, diverse backgrounds, right? You know, how they were brought up and how they learn, even how they, you know, grasp, um, you know, um, initiatives. So it's listening to how people are going to present, you know, uh, um, um, solutions to you can also be a really good uh, way of, you know, trying to get the, the right people in with the right um, solutions, right? So the one area also that we should be looking at, right? And um, Maria, Maria said a lot about that is, you know, putting in initiatives in place when it comes to recruiting and then retaining talent. Um, you know, um, and it's really good. I appreciate you for saying that you you uh, look out for veterans, you know, when you are doing your hiring. Uh, and, it, and I think we should, as a public sector, uh, we should be really looking at those areas, right? When you are trying to hire, we should be intentional 
right, to get that, that diverse um, group when we are, uh, you know, getting um, users, I'm sorry, I say users, used to that, when we are getting, <laughs> when we are getting um, talent into, into our, our corporations and into our, um, our institutions, and also retaining talent, right, creating that environment to, to retain those talents, don't, not, don't, not just, you know, we, we get to the point where now it becomes, well, kind of, you know, tokenism. Well, I have to have this just to meet this number, right? But not putting the effort in to actually get the right people in place. Um, training is also part, training the workforce and training the leaders. Um, we all have some unconscious bias. Right now, when I, I ask uh, most of my leaders about, most of my colleagues, right, about, say, uh, not in my um, city, but other cities, if I'm looking for a DBA, most of their time, their unconscious bias say, well, um, which, which area do they come from? Which, you know what I'm saying, right? So which continent are, they, are, are you getting that uh, um, DBAs from? Because we have that, well, we have that thing in our mind that most developers and most DBAs are looks a certain way, but we don't give the opportunity for, you know, um, people who are really good, as you said, you know, um, even people in the um, autism, who have autism, really, really smart people, giving them the chance to actually even get to the table to have that opportunity to, to even, you know, show their talent, right? Or show their skill on, you know, um, how to, so, Getting that unconscious bias out of the way and making the, uh, you know, giving a playing level for everybody to be able to compete and also get into that environment will be really, really helpful when it comes to, you know, keeping and uh, retaining talent for cybersecurity. And, and, you know, Augustine, I think that's a very important point that you just made about an unconscious bias, because that's something that we tend to not recognize that we all, uh, you know, unfortunately, we have some right. of that as part of us. And we've, I think the first thing is to recognize what it is um, and overcome it because if you don't, then you will um, run into a situation where you don't have a diverse workforce because right. unfortunately you're, you know, you're not listening to yourself. So that's, that's very key. Thank you for bringing that up. I also just want to touch on something else you said about training. I think training is really important. There are a lot of people who, you know, have some level of expertise in cybersecurity, but when they're told you have to have this certificate and that certification and this, you know, you have to have all of this stuff. But if you're willing to train folks, you know, when they, you know, maybe not on everything, but if you're willing to be open, especially in the public sector, you know, saying you can't afford somebody who's asking for $200,000, well, you can negotiate and say, you know, well, we can pay you a little bit less, but we're willing to train you in these areas. That will allow you to recruit, you know, uh, from a much diverser pool um, to get people in. So thank you for saying that as well. Yeah, yeah thank, and thank you. Just, oh, sorry, I was just, to, so, and, and one thing I've seen about, you know, in our security world is um, the kind of, um, you know, requirements that we put out there for, you know, entry-level cybersecurity people, right? You know, we, we go out there and we look for 20 years of, you know, <laughs> Python um, <laughs> um, experience. And, you know, I'm like, and you want, we want, we, we cannot afford that kind of people. Um, so being, you know, having that, um, be, being cautious about, you know, what, what, what we are requesting and making sure it's, it's, it makes, makes sense, it's reasonable. 
you know, and then get the use people in and give them that environment. When you when you give them that environment and you train them and they are happy, they will not leave, right? You know, because people like stability, you know, they want to be able to feel welcome, they want to be able to be stable in that environment, right? So when you get the right um, um, you know, talent in, you train them properly, they will stay and they will work for you and it, it, it will be just, you know, in a, just a harmonious um, way of, you know, keeping this talent. Thank you guys. I appreciate that insight, very thoughtful. Um, and kind of just to follow up with that, uh, Maria, if you don't mind kicking this off for us, um, kind of speaking of uh, diversity, we have a very diverse panel here. Uh, Maria, do you mind describing kind of your experience? What raised you to be in this leadership role for uh, state government? So my my story, and you've heard me mention the, about the military. So of course, yeah, um, <laughs> grown here I go talking about the military again. So I started my career in the Marine Corps and I did 20 years. So you can imagine um, if anyone spent any time in the military, it's it's diverse in some ways, but you know, in, in others it's not. Um, and especially when you're in the communication, the IT communications field, um, being a woman is always, you're always a, on a low number. Uh, I can remember being um, in my communications unit and there were, I was one of three out of hundreds of male uh, Marines that were in that organization. So, you know, already from that standpoint, you could see that the, the culture was not necessarily, that it wasn't as diverse as it could be, but that's the nature of the military. Um, did 20 years there and, you know, I did a um, few stints in the federal um, organizations and then, you know, moved up to the state where I've been again for about six and a half years. Um, I am pleased to say that the leadership that I've had at the state has been very, they put a concerted effort out on making sure that the leadership staff was representative of, you know, of the, uh, our employee base. So you could see women in leadership roles, you could see uh, women of color, um, of, you know, of, of different ethnicity, um, you could see uh, different um, uh, members, whether they're military, they're, you know, whatever it was, there was a very um, open, and there is a very open um, organization that we have that is very inclusive. So it's something that I'm very proud of. And, you know, being at the state, I've seen, we've worked on, on projects. I have a project right now that I've been trying to get off the, the ground, which is to look at how we can go into those juvenile detect, detention facilities and bring cyber there so that we can actually um, infuse some of these young minds that could, you know, all they need is just an opportunity to learn something new, um, bring them into our workforce. Because again, we're bringing, you know, a different mindset, um, different, you know, uh, economical background, all of these types of things that makes us even more diverse in our culture. So, you know, and there's also projects that we're doing with um, schools from STEM. How do we get more girls involved um, into IT? Because as you know, I believe that the numbers are roughly around 25% of women. Um, I think in, in the state of North Carolina, we have a higher number. We're actually, I think, one of the top five countries, um, I'm not sorry, not countries, but states with, um, with women, uh, as far as women in IT, we have high numbers. Um, so that, again, is something to be proud of. But that being said, we're working on different projects out there just to make sure that we can become a more diverse, inclusive state at the IT level and get as much um, you know, uh, support from our private sector partners as well in building this environment. 
it, it's not a, it's not something that the SLTT can do by itself. We do we do need to partner with other organizations that are out there that are, that are like minded so that we can build a ecosystem around diversity. And I think that as we grow, as we recognize it more, we'll get better at it over time. Thank you. Uh, Augustine, uh, kind of what led to your success in, in this role? Well, yeah, so um, um, I have a you know really peculiar um, story about getting um, into um, IT and even cybersecurity um, in the States. Um, so I should say, right, I came here in 2012 and um, really for the first about six months, I was, uh, I struggled to get to get a job. Um, and it, it, it was, um, I mean, qualified and all, but I, I could not, I could not just get into the door, right? To even have the opportunity to um, showcase what I could do, right? So um, it was, it was, it was a struggle for the from the beginning. Um, and actually, I had a, had an interview with one one big company, and uh, because of my accent, and uh, the the guy actually told me that you know I'm struggling to hear you, so we have to. Um, cancel this interview. So um, that made me feel that at that point made me feel that I wasn't kind of welcomed, right? So um, because I I felt that that was a barrier for me to get into even uh, the workforce. But um, fortunately, I got a, I got a chance. Um, I got the, the opportunity to work for the city of Memphis. Actually, it was my first um, job as a, a Linux admin. Um, I got into it. Um, I've always fancied being in cybersecurity, so I started studying on my own, doing taking some courses of my own, um, took my own, uh, pay from my pocket, right? So took some courses, um, left to go work for the University of Memphis, um, also the Linux admin, and then I got a call to come back to the city of Memphis to be on the cybersecurity team. So I came, uh, be, was on the cybersecurity team, still taking some leadership training, um, and then the opportunity came that, the 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 um, head of the cybersecurity had to leave, and I stood in as the um, you know, inner interim, right? So, and then um, uh, my new CIO came in, um, who is wonderful. You know, gave me that opportunity that you know what, um, I've seen what you've done. Let's I'm going to put you uh, in this role, and I know you can succeed, right? It gave me all the all the tools for me to succeed. Um, you know, help me, you know, she, because she's been in leadership for a while, help me grow in that leadership aspect to transform from being an engineer, right, to being a leader and being a manager. So that is how, that is how my story um, um, has been. And I've, I've never regretted it, uh, regretted because it's, it's really um, groomed me um, to see, to look at people that I now lead and then see that uh, we are all different people, right? And I have to have different strategies in dealing with this um, diverse and different um, groups of people that work for me. So that has been my journey and um, it's been a wonderful journey and um, I hope it continues. So <laughs> yeah, so that's how I got to that leadership pro and um, it's, it's, been, it's been awesome. I'm glad to hear that. And I also hope it continues for you. Monster, <laughs> <laughs> uh, same thing for you, kind of uh, your experience in raising, raising to a uh, leadership role uh, with Providence. It's, it's been an interesting journey for me as well. Um, so I don't know. I So I got into cybersecurity because 
Um, I'm actually a lawyer, so that's what I do on a day-to-day -day basis for, for my job. I was hired as an attorney, and um, I had a law school colleague who was just like, she, she had just graduated from um, her master's program in cybersecurity, and she was like, you would absolutely love this. And I was just like, I don't know. You know, she was like, you're already thinking about these things. You know, I'm just curious about things. I, I would, you know, in my spare time, you know, look into things like GDPR or like even on my own computer, look into the security settings, like some basic stuff, nothing, you know, major. But I was always interested in security. So I was like, let me take a course and just see if I like it. It was, it just blew my mind. It was amazing. It was an opportunity to really just shift from strictly thinking strategically as an attorney to thinking strategically in the realm of security. Um, so what I did was I brought all of the things that I was learning back to the city. I'm like, did you know that we need to have this? Did you know we need to have that? Do we have this? We don't have this. We don't have that. You know, maybe we should do this. Maybe we should do that. Um, and, and just by being vocal, honestly, you know, I was saying, you know, I'm willing to put together a formal infrastructure. We didn't have a formal inf infrastructure at the city. We have a CIO. We have um, someone who focuses on network security. But I was like, you should really bring these people in. And why are we not talking to these people? And this is a resource over here. So I just started going to work and my boss was like, go for it. And so I literally just started, you know, pulling pieces, pieces together. You know, I, I put together an advisory council because I recognized, you know, cybersecurity wasn't, you know, something that I was completely familiar with and I needed people to really offer support. So we garnered support from the local level, from the state level. I mean, I'm working with um, people who are part of CISA, you know, people who are working for the FBI, some state level, CISOs. So it's just, it's been an amazing experience. I, I think it's been extremely supportive at that level. But in terms of um, being sort of a, a singular voice that's coming in and wants to change everything, I said this earlier, right? When you come in and you're just like, oh, we could do this, we could do that. You know, there are some folks that are like, I don't know if we should change that. I don't know if we should do this. I don't know if we should do that. You know, everything's fine. So I would say I, I've definitely experienced some challenges in terms of, you know, not wanting to try some new things or different things. Um, and then, you know, here I am. It's like this newer, younger voice that's saying, you know, I think that if we try this, it could be really good. And, you know, when you have more seasoned voices that have been in this field for, for a really long time, it's like, you know, I, I know more than, than, you know, you might think, you know, just from having, you know, graduated from this master's program. So I understand that. And I think one thing that was humbling for me was just finding balance and recognizing that um, being able to utilize the experiences from all of the, the people around me has been great, right? I, I'm one of those people that brings in mentors from everywhere. So I think that has helped me to elevate to become um, a leader in this in this area because I am willing to learn and listen to what everyone has to say, right? You come in and you're, you're willing to give me advice. I'm like, yeah, let's talk this through. Let's figure out how to do this. Um, and when people see that you're willing to learn and you're not really there to threaten, you know, what they're saying or what they're trying to do, that your, your goal is, is similar. I think that has opened up a lot of doors for me. Um, but, I, but I won't lie, you know, being a newer voice, you know, being someone um, who is offering a different perspective, it's, it requires a lot of being vocal, you know, it, it's not, it hasn't been the easiest journey to say, you know, I, I'd like to move up in this area. I think that it's important to take on a leadership role because I'm sort of already doing it in practice. It's really important to make it official, right? Um, I've had to advocate for myself and I, I would love to see 
opportunities for others to not necessarily have to push as hard as I did or, or as I continue to do to really get to a place where, you know, the, the, the talent is recognized and, and we have more space for different leaders in different roles. So, you know, I, I think it's always been a challenge and it may continue to be a challenge, but I would say there's definitely a lot of support there. And that's the reason why I've been able to get to where I am now. Awesome. Very, very unique stories and definitely very uh, proud of all of you guys. So I appreciate what you do. Um, in closing, just around the room, um, any advice you have uh, for those in closing for, uh, you know, agencies looking to hire more diversity and, and what they can do? Uh, I'll start with uh, you again, Augustine, if you don't mind. Yeah, sure. And I, I think we've made a lot of points uh, in this in this in this conversation, right? Um, and you know, just to circle back, you know, just being intentional um, about um, when when you are looking for talent and when you are also um, you know setting up your environment to to represent you know the people that you you want to have, right? So um, you know, just you know, getting that environment as conducive as possible. Um, Treating people with fairness, right? You know, um, treating people the way you would want to be treated, right? So it's it's just being, you know, just conscious about um, your actions. Um, you know, also seek, you know, advice, right? You know, if you don't know what to do, you know, talk to people, seasoned people who've been in this role, who've done this before, um, who actually have studied for this. Um, to sometimes you don't know what you don't understand, right? So you when you when you speak to people who've, who've done it, right, who done it at the highest level, um, you will be shown some, you know, um, so, some, you know, things to do that you never thought of, right? So, um, um, you know, get get somebody who is who is uh, experienced, right, in this in this role. They've done it for a long time and know know the kind of um, advice they have to give you. Uh, speak to your peers, right? You know, call your peers. Uh, because um, it's it's different most of the time in every every situation and in every institution. So uh, speak to your peers about uh, uh, how to you know you have a situation. How do how do we deal with this? Uh, people in the same public sector, right? How do we deal with this? How do we um, get over this hump? How do we make this uh, environment more conducive for our workers, right? And then um, as I'll say, I'll repeat it again: just be fair, be fair to everybody who you work with. So, agree. The, the golden rule: treat others how you want to be treated. That <laughs> we all learned that when we were young, and it's amazing how how much that sticks and, and is true. Uh, Mansura, any closing thoughts on that? Yeah. So I have sort of two thoughts. One for those looking to hire, um, and and really be more inclusive in their hiring practices. I think it's important to to not be afraid, right? You know, I think a lot of times you're looking for something very specific. But I, I feel like it's really important to expand that pool or expand that network and be willing to take a chance because you never know what you're going to get. And I think also in a good way, right? You may, you, you don't know what you're going to get and that could be a negative thing, but a lot of times it could be a really good thing. And, and I would also say that look for untraditional things. You know, it's not always about the technical um, certifications of cybersecurity. You have people that can learn really quickly. You have people that are leaders. You have people that are strategic. Look for those things. You know, th those things are just as important when it comes to this field. And if you have those things, the other stuff might come a little bit easier. And I would say the advice that I have for people looking to get in more involved in this field is network. You know, meet as many people as you can. 
put yourself in as many spaces as possible where they're talking about cybersecurity. Don't be afraid to listen, to learn, to grow, to read on your own. You know, I feel like a lot of it is really just if you're interested and you're excited, take the initiative. People will see that and it, it will go far. You never know where it's going to take you. So just be open and, and be um, willing to take that chance. And, and a lot of times that can be really helpful. So that's what I wanted to say. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, Maria, closing thoughts from you. Sure, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep it short and sweet. Um, if you're looking to get into this field, um, look for that mentor. Look for someone who can, can guide you on your path um, because you, you know, their lessons learned doesn't have to be yours. You, know, you, can, <laughs> you don't have to recreate that wheel with them um, and they will help you in your trajectory. Um, if you are in a hiring role, let's take the Nike effect here, just do it. It needs to be done. You need diversity. You need to make it, you know, uh, ensure that your environment is inclusive. Um, look around, see what your, net, your network looks like. If it is not diverse, go out, make that change, do it. Awesome. Thank you very much. Um, and again, want to thank our fantastic panel. Very proud of what you guys do. Uh, Augustine from Memphis, Memphis, thank you so much. Uh, Montserrat from Providence, thank you again. And Maria, uh, appreciate what you do for North Carolina and you guys sharing your thoughts. Um, so we hope uh, this has been helpful for everyone. If you'd like to keep the conversation going or simply want to keep tabs on uh, the coalition of City CISOs, please follow us on Twitter at City CISO and on LinkedIn. For more information about the coalition, or if you're interested in joining us, please check out our website at www.citysiso.org. And thank you and enjoy the rest of RSA's Public Sector Day. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for listening to our RSA Public Sector Day podcast. If you would like more information on how we can assist your organization with cybersecurity needs, please visit www.carasoft.com slash cybersecurity or email us at rsa at Thanks for listening and have a great day.